This week's podcast episode is sponsored by Views and Cues, who makes their really neat Royal Caribbean scratch-off poster. When you buy this wall-worthy hanging post, you can scratch off each Royal Caribbean cruise ship that you've sailed on, and it even includes Odyssey of the Seas already. This is a great gift for any cruise fan or yourself, and looks great on your office wall, cubicle, or even your kid's bedroom. Remember what ships you've loved and which ones you need to sail on next, and check out the Royal Caribbean scratch-off poster available at Views and Cues. Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 408. Alaska, vaccines, vision, oh my! There is so much changing in the cruise world in just the past week, and I wanted to catch everyone up on the big changes. Here we go. There is so much happening right now in the world of cruising that I felt that this week's episode should really focus on kind of catching everybody up, because I think it's really easy to fall behind on what is happening. I mean, I'm updating RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com with like three or four new articles a day about things that are changing. So I don't blame anybody for not being able to be crystal clear on everything that's going on right now. And of course, I should mention that I'm recording this episode on the Monday of the week this episode comes out. So suffice to say, a lot can change between when I record and when you actually listen to this episode, especially if you don't listen to the episode exactly the day it drops. So Keep all of that in mind, but I think nonetheless, it is worth mentioning and talking about these things because we're really talking about cruises restarting from the U.S. That is the overarching theme, and that is what we're moving to. The If you listen to nothing else in this episode, here is the most important thing. Cruises from the U.S. will restart sooner than later. If you read the tea leaves here, so much is moving in that direction. It's now a question of when, not a question of if. You remember back to last summer when... I mean, we were really in the beginnings of all this, right? And we were in, let's say we were in May or June 2020. You know, I, I think we were all thinking, oh, this will be over by the summer. You know, we'll be back on board. And obviously that didn't happen. And chief among them, I'm sure I was wrong about a lot of those predictions. So anyway, the bottom line is a lot has changed since then. And back then there was really a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of skepticism, a lot of just, we don't know what we don't know. And then today... We still don't know what we don't know, but I feel like we're, you can, not only can we see the light at the end of the tunnel, it's a question of, are we, you know, right about to exit the tunnel or is it just a couple more miles to go, but we're really getting there. And that's the most important thing. So let's start with Alaska because this is the most important news that we can really share. And this will dovetail into a lot of the other things that we're going to be talking about, but Royal Caribbean announced they'll be restarting cruises from Alaska. All of this came about, by the way, because Congress passed a new bill, which allows cruise ships to operate from the Pacific Northwest, specifically Seattle, to Alaska and skip Canada. As you may or may not remember, Canada has banned cruise ships from its waters since 2020 as well, but they extended their ban all the way through February of 2022. So that means even if the CDC allowed cruise ships to go, cruises wouldn't be able to operate or sail to Alaska because of the Passenger Vessel Services Act, which is a U.S. cabotage law, and you can read all about that at realcrimmingblog.com. The bottom line is, Cruise lines would not be able to legally operate cruises to Alaska. This bill gets passed in Congress. It's awaiting the signature of the president. Everyone seems to think that's a mere formality at this point. So we're going to assume that's going to go. Anyway, on the same day that passes, Carnival announces they're going to be able to restart cruises 
in in August of 2021. The next day, Royal Caribbean announces they're going to operate cruises in July and August, as early as July and August, I should say. And then Norwegian Cruise Line announced this week they'll be operating cruises in August as well. So let's jump to the Royal Caribbean stuff because that's the the meat and potatoes of what we're talking about here. So as of right now, and again, this could change, but as of right now, Royal Caribbean will begin cruises from the U.S. first in to Alaska from Seattle, obviously. I think a lot of us assumed, and I did as well, that it would be Florida where we would see the first cruises from. And that could still change, by the way. We don't know. But what we do know, what we can see in front of us, is right now the firm plans for a restart in the U.S. will occur in Alaska. And what's interesting is Norwegian Cruise Line, when they made their announcement, they said actually that. They said, we're going to restart cruises from the U.S. out of Seattle. So if you want to take Norwegian as an indicator of what to expect, that, that, that might be fair game, but Royal is going to position two ships in Seattle. One is Ovation of the Seas and the other is Serenade. Serenade will begin sailing on July 19th, 2021. Ovation will begin August 13th. Now, the reason why I said 19th is because both Carnival and Norwegian have announced restart plans that begin in August. So Serenade is beginning almost two weeks ahead of that schedule. In fact, it might be even closer to a month, you know, when you add in there's an extra week in August and all this other stuff. Anyway, a number of weeks before that, July 19th is not that far away, ladies and gentlemen. It is really close by. So, um, you know, there's a real, I mean, we're talking about cruises very, very soon. Now, you might be wondering, okay, man, I understand the PVSA waiver. I understand this and that. What about the CDC? It's a great question. No one really knows the answer to that as well. Norwegian Cruise Line has said, uh, when they made their announcement, they're expecting an update within a couple of days from the CDC to get approval for that. Royal Caribbean has actually said that they have applied to get test cruises going from the CDC. This is one of many that Royal Caribbean president and CEO Michael Bailey disclosed. They actually petitioned the CDC to apply to start test cruises. Now, they didn't say which ship or which port, so we obviously don't know the whole scenario here. It could be Alaska. It could be Florida. I think we all assumed it might be Florida to begin with, but there's a lot of things happening, but we don't have all the information. But the bottom line is they're moving in that direction. But what strikes me as really interesting is Carnival, Royal, and Norwegian all announced within days, and in, in the case of Carnival, hours after this legislation passed the House of Representatives. So to me, it appears there is a bit of an inside track here. Now, what's also interesting, of course, is the role of vaccines in all of this. And I think that may be why perhaps the cruise lines are feeling so bullish about their chances to be able to restart. What I mean by that is Royal Caribbean also updated over the weekend their COVID-19 vaccine requirements. Now, they didn't make a formal announcement. Like, there's no press release. There's no like, you know, here's our new thing. Bah, bah, bah. This was an update to their website. There was a couple of communications that were sent via email to guests as well. So I don't think this was a mistake. Sometimes they put something out there and then, oops, that got posted incorrectly too early, whatever the case may be. And I'm not getting that sense with this one. This appears to be the case. But on U.S. or Bahamas sailings departing on or before August 1, Royal Caribbean will require all guests 16 and older to be fully vaccinated at least 14 days before their sailing. And then on U.S. or Bahamas sailings departing after August 1, the age requirement for vaccination will change from 16 to 12 years old. For anybody who's sailing on a cruise outside the U.S., like England or Greece or something like that, that policy is going to be very similar. Anybody that is 18 and older sailing from these international ports would have to have be fully vaccinated at least 14 days before their sailing. So that's the policy change. That it's really interesting is, again, it wasn't too long ago that Real Caribbean said they hadn't made a decision about their vaccination efforts and will be required or not. 
There is one issue I wanted to bring up with this that I actually have a bone to pick with the Royal Caribbean because there are a lot of people that have been caught off guard with this policy change, especially in the short term. As an example, if you had a cruise coming up on Adventure of the Seas, you might find yourself in a situation where some of your teenagers now can't go on the cruise because they can't get vaccinated in time. I don't know that's a huge number of people, but if it applied to me, if it was my kid, all of a sudden now my vacation plans are in jeopardy because, of course, you can't just, well, I mean, I guess you could leave your kids at home, but you're, most people can't necessarily do that. They want them to do a family vacation. So, you know, I wish they would have, like, grandfathered in some of the folks that were, that were applied by that. And, of course, the policy change requiring vaccines is going to obviously set off a certain amount of people that are not going to be upset about this. Um you know, I don't want to get into the whole debate of vaccines or not. That's not what I do here. It's not my role, and I don't think it's appropriate. Quite frankly, there's other places to discuss that. It's not here on the Royal Green Blog podcast, and certainly I don't want to be here pontificating as well. What I will say is that, you know, I'm not surprised by the change in the sense that they were going to require it because it allows them to get back to functioning or operating, I should say, faster in the eyes of the CDC. It's not fair what the CDC is doing to the cruise lines, their treatment, throughout this entire process of the no sale order and the conditional sale order has been absolutely a double standard. So no other industry is, is having to deal with this, but all that being said, it is what it is. You can sit here and you can, you can pound sand all about this and, and, and scream to the Hills about how unfair this is and why the cruise lines have to adhere to this. It's not really going to get anybody any far with, with what's going on here. It's just, these are the cards that Royal Caribbean and the cruise industry have been dealt right or wrong. And whether or not this will be in effect for months or years or who knows how long, I don't know. But it's basically the way it is right now. And as a publicly traded company, their obligation obviously is to make money. And since they've been losing literally billions of dollars, getting back in operation is clearly what they are looking to do. So if you're somebody obviously who is not vaccinated and does not want to be vaccinated but still wants to go on a cruise, I'm really sorry. I, I don't know what else I could I could tell you, certainly. It looks like the cruise line is moving in the direction of requiring it, whether or not that'll change or I don't, or the exceptions. I don't, I really don't know. And I don't want to obviously give anybody any false hope. I just want to kind of give it to you as Royal Caribbean has described it there. But I understand there's a lot of folks who are upset about this because they were hoping for something a little bit different and that could still change. Perhaps. I mean, don't forget all rule policies are subject to change, right? It was last week. These same protocols were written completely differently. So you know, I'm not trying to give you hope that, oh, it's definitely going to change, but I just want to remind everybody that just because it changed now doesn't mean it can't change again is what I'm trying to say about all that. Um, so you've got all this. You've got these cruises now potentially restarting from the U.S. It looks like you're going to require a vaccine if you want to go on one of these Alaska cruises and potentially cruises from Florida or anywhere else in the country. All this remains to be seen. I feel like Royal Caribbean right now is really just playing all of this as they go, and that's probably why we haven't seen a major bum, 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 announcement by the cruise line. Here's our plan, so to speak, because I think they're trying to sort it all out. I do wish they were a little more forthcoming with some of their information. I'll be honest with you. I feel like they've, it's one thing to take your time and want to get it all right. It's also another thing to be dragging this on. Again, as of the recording of this podcast, we still don't have from Royal Caribbean the full set of protocols four cruises on Adventure of the Seas, and I am scheduled to go on Adventure of the Seas two weeks from this Friday, okay? And Celebrity Millennium is going out in on June 5th. So, you know, we're really getting close. We're not like we're 90 days out or 85 days out. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, it's getting down to the nitty gritty. They got to make a decision on this. And if you want to change it, change it, but you got to make it now. You can't wait till the very last minute. That is also not fair 
to your customer base. And I, and I hope that Royal understands. I think they do, but you know, I hope we get all of this information out here sooner than later. So you've got all that. And the other thing that happened that's also wor- worth mentioning is uh, Royal Caribbean canceled their Vision of the Seas sailings uh, for, for the summer. If you remember, Adventure and Vision were the ones that were announced to restart this summer. And I was absolutely shocked that Royal Caribbean changed and canceled the Vision sailings for Bermuda. It was not a well-kept secret that the Vision cruises were not selling extremely well in the sense that they were not selling out based on what I've seen from other people, other cruisers on the Royal Caribbean Black message boards and on Facebook and whatever. You know, it wasn't the hottest itinerary out there, but there were some people booking it. But Royal Caribbean announced they canceled their entire season of this. Now, this is really surprising because, again, let's remember, this is a company that's losing billions of dollars. They have one ship operating in Royal Caribbean International. That's Quantum of the Seas Singapore. Adventure is going to restart in the Bahamas, but that's it. So to me, some revenue is better than no revenue, but Royal Caribbean canceled all the Vision Cruises. Now, there's speculation because there's a little bit of a hint in their announcement that maybe this is related to restarting from the U.S. I don't know if that's really true or not. We'll have to see on that. But, you know, they they also mentioned, by the way, there was a lot of uh, anxiety among cruisers about actually booking this because of the costs and logistics of getting to Bermuda. Personally, I think what happened with the Vision of the Seas was unfortunate. Uh, I think there's a couple of major factors that contributed to why it didn't sell better, uh, if we're assuming, of course, that the lack of sales is what doomed the, this particular cruise season. Number one, you're cruising on Vision of the Seas, a Vision-class ship. It is the smallest and oldest ship class in the fleet. It does not have all the bells and whistles of other ships. Uh, if you take logistics aside for a second, just we're just talking now hypothetically. If you had done everything else the same but swapped out Vision for Oasis of the Seas, I don't think they would have had a sales issue at all. I don't know how logistically feasible that is, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there for argument's sake. But I think the ship class, vision class ships, turn off a certain segment of the cruising population. Not everybody. I'm not here. I'm not a vision class hater. Uh, I'm not somebody who says, oh, small ships are awful. Far from it. But I, I think it's hard to not overlook that fact. Number two, the itinerary was not extremely compelling. It went out of Bermuda, which is great. We love Bermuda. But all it did was go down to... Perfect day, Coco Key, and then turn around and come back to Bermuda. Seven days, a lot of sea days on a small ship with not a lot of stuff to do on there. That's not a great combination. And on top of all that, the cost to get to Bermuda flight-wise are not cheap. Hotels are very expensive in Bermuda. The flights were expensive. Royal Caribbean did try to subsidize the, the airfares by basically offering reduced fares. They, they were essentially eating the cost if you were willing to book the airfare and get a much lower price. You know, they brought the prices down from the New York City area down, I think, $99, but I guess all for nothing, uh, and they ended up canceling it. You know, I, I think they assumed a couple of things. I think, number one, they assumed that more people would be willing to travel, like fly, to go on their cruise. Number two, I think they really hoped that the New York City area, the, the tri-state area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and also, you know, Pennsylvania, basically the Northeast would kind of buoy the demand because they live the closest to Bermuda. There's a lot of flights to Bermuda from there that, that would be a natural fit. And obviously there's also this desire, the, the, the Matt Hotchbergs of the world who are so desperate to get back on a cruise, that would be something is better than nothing. Uh, adventure is down there. Vision is over here in Bermuda. Let's go. And people would do that. And it clearly didn't play out that way. I mean, I'm surprised quite frankly, you know, as an example, the first adventure of the seas cruise is still not sold out by the way. So who knows? Maybe there isn't that a lot of people want to cruise, but not necessarily fly. I don't know. It's hard to say, but 
But the fact that Royal Caribbean canceled the entire season was really surprising to me. Um, and, you know, what, again, Royal Caribbean said in their announcement, quote, recent conversations have led to promising movement for the cruise industry and are the necessary stepping stones to get Royal Caribbean back to what we do best, delivering the best vacation experiences, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then it says, as a result of these developments, the likelihood of cruising cruises setting sail from the U.S. this summer is greater each day. And with that, U.S. travelers are increasingly showing a preference for more direct access to port departures. So as a result, and that's end quote, by the way, and, uh, and, and as a result, they canceled the cruise. So I think all that probably, you know, worked to the point of saying we're, we're not going to offer this anymore. I'm just surprised they canceled the entire season. I, I could have seen them saying, okay, well, let's just, we're operate a couple of ships and then we'll, you know, we'll dovetail that out of there and it'll be it. Maybe the shorter season, but, um, they pulled the plug on it. And, you know, again, that at the time the vision announcement was made before Alaska cruises were announced. So maybe that's the other shoe to drop. Maybe there's more shoes to drop. We'll have to see on all that. Uh, it's exciting though. I, I mean, obviously I feel for anyone who had a vision cruise canceled. I mean, it's never good to have any cruises canceled. And I would have never thought that if you booked vision or adventure the season of the summer, you'd have a canceled cruise to deal with. But here we are. Um, but, I, but I think the bigger picture is really what is exciting and that we've really got our best shot at cruises being able to restart in the U S it is something, it is a step. It's not going to be everything. It will not be 20 some odd ships starting up at once. I think we all kind of understand that, but I also think that we have to uh, look at the bigger picture here that it's, it's a stepping stone that we are here in, you know, late May, 2021. And, you know, now it looks like we're going to have cruises coming back to the U S this summer. We're going to, and, and potentially more announcements coming up thereafter. I think there's going to be many, many more announcements coming our way, big, small, who knows, but I think we're going to get more information about cruises restarting from the U S and more options as we start going there. I mean, listen, the vaccines are working here in the U.S. The case numbers are down. This is the scenario that both the CDC and the cruise lines wanted to see in order for cruises to be able to restart. So we're moving in the right direction there, and it's an exciting time. And again, I wanted this week's episode to be kind of a catch-up because we're going to be doing a lot of these, I think, as we move forward through the summer. As there's so much stuff happening, I think part of what I'm trying to provide all of you is that here's what's going on. Here's this mile marker. Here's where we are. Here's where we're going. Here's what's next. And I think what's next is going to be new protocols, not only for the summer cruises here, like on Adventure of the Seas, but also other ships as well. And the future is looking brighter every day. That's the most important thing. I know that's a little bit of Royal Caribbean marketing speak, but I really believe that. I think we're really moving in that right direction there. So let's hope for the case and let's hope for many more episodes in which I can tell you all about restart plans from the U.S. and elsewhere around the world. All right, friends, time to answer your listener emails. This is the part of the episode where I dive into the Royal Caribbean blog inbox, answer your emails. So if you want to send me your email to be read, send it right to matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first email is from a good friend of the podcast, Joe Mock. Just for fun, where did that great music come from that you use for the intro into your podcast and also the intro to the listener emails? I'll bet the answer is coming up next <laughs> Joe thanks for the email you know what's funny is you are not the first person this week to ask me that exact question I got an email from uh, somebody who didn't put their name down here says hi Matt hope you're doing well just wondering what the music is that the podcast Q&A is really called I really like it but I don't know the name love your podcast and your YouTube channel and can't get enough of them thanks for keeping us entertained during these tough times uh, I've so you're both of you are not the first to ever ask me this exact question 
Uh, I've actually gotten this one, uh, I think it was, I mean, it was probably a couple of years ago at this point, but it's not like uh, music that I created because I have no artistic skill in that regard. It's what I would consider, well, it's Muzak. It's actually license-free music. I did pay for it. So the music you're hearing behind me right now in this segment is called Caribbean Dream. It is a Caribbean-style instrumental composition, and basically it's music that I purchased to be able to play on the podcast royalty-free. So basically I pay for it once, I, I pay for the license, and then I can use it on the podcast and not have to like pay, like if I had like, you know, uh, I don't know, the Rolling Stones behind me, uh, that would be that would be stealing the music and I would owe a lot of per listen, you know, all these licensing fees. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other story. Anyway, the bottom line is this is a track that you can purchase called Caribbean Dream. There's also another one uh, that they, they, basically it's music people who are creating content, whether it's podcasts or videos or what have you, can use these rights-free music in order to do so. So it's not a, like a, it's not an actual band or anything like that, but you know, puts out their music on Spotify, but it's called Caribbean Dream. And you can actually, if you want to really purchase it, you can purchase it on audiojungle.net. That's where they get a bunch of the stuff. And anyway, you can search for Caribbean Dream. I'm sure you'll find it right there. Next question is from Christina writes, looking forward to selling on Harmony this season, April of 2022. It will be myself, my husband, my twin eight-year-olds. We're looking to book Hizumi Hibachi because the kids love it. I'm confused about booking it though. If I book all four of us in advance, will I pay full price for the kids and then be refunded the difference? Or should I just book two adults and show up with them to be added on? With the Hibachi tables being limited spacing, is there a chance the kids could be, kids could be turned away? Christina, thanks for the email. Yes, you're, you're right about your fear there. What you should do, if I were you, is pay full price, so book all four of you, and then when you show up, ask for the refund, re ask for the difference. Ask for it, number one, Christina, ask for it when you show up. Say, hey, we booked this, we booked, you know, here's our reservation. Um, there's two kids, we paid for this in advance. Can you please refund us the difference? So that way, you know, and they'll give you onboard credit for that. And the reason I'm telling you to do it in the beginning of the meal is it takes a little bit of time to process it. And I've actually, I have good friends of mine who do this exact thing, but they wait until the end of the meal and then you just end up sitting around waiting for them to process it. So if you do it in the beginning, theoretically, they could be doing done with that processing while you're eating and then you don't have to wait around. So yeah, you definitely want to pre-book all of you because Izumi Abachi is one of the few, if only restaurants, especially restaurants that I recommend booking in advance, whether or not you have a dining package or not, because it's such a high demand and limited capacity restaurant. So definitely book the kids at the adult rate and you'll get that money back, obviously, once you're at the restaurant. So thank you, Christina, for the email. And we have time for another email or two. Let's go to Lynn, who writes, Hi, Matt. Booked for our New Year's sailing in December with fingers crossed and toes that will cruise the room before them. Any rumors on whether or not there'll be a Broadway show in the main theater? Will there be an escape room? Any idea whether the colorful cabana-looking things on the deck above the pools will be available to reserve? Thanks so much. So I'll start with the easy answer. The cabanas you're talking about on the pool deck of Odyssey of the Seas, the casitas, as they're called, are complimentary. It's first come, first serve, Lynn. They're available on other ships like Navigator of the Seas. And they're a really cool thing, but... You got to, you just basically got to get up there early in the morning in order to catch one before they go, but there's no cost to them. So that's the nice thing about it. But will there be a Broadway show? Will there be an escape room? I think the answers are yes to both, but Royal Caribbean obviously has not announced what those will be. You know, there's been a lot of speculation as to what the Broadway show will be on board. If there will be one and all that, you know, Lynn, if I was a betting man, and I would say based on what I'm seeing on Twitter from Royal Caribbean senior vice president, of entertainment, Nick Weir. It kind of looks like Chicago. They might bring back Chicago because he was waxing poetically about how much he loves Chicago and all that. And Mr. Weir is not afraid of teasing 
things that are going to be announced later on, but it remains to be seen. The official answer is we don't know will there be an escape room or a Broadway show on board, but I'd be more surprised if there wasn't than if there is. So we'll just have to wait and see on that one. I don't have any other information to share with you on that front. Thank you for the email from you. And our last email today comes to us from Scott Arise. Hi, Matt. In the past, I had never really even considered cruising. I think I held biases that it would be crowded, lack true adventure, and just be a bit too cookie cutter for how I thought I wanted to travel. But then I had a kid. And after lots of experimentation on how we enjoy traveling with her, my husband and I have been more and more drawn to what we now understand as a cruise vacation can offer. I spent a lot of time during the travel hiatus due to the pandemic looking into trying cruising as a family and more excited than ever to get on a cruise ship when all is declared free and clear. We're initially drawn to Disney Cruise Line for some obvious reasons. In fact, we have a lengthy Panama Canal sailing booked for 2022 on the Disney Wonder. I found loads of information that assure me that the ways in which Disney Cruise Line caters to kids, not exclusively, but certainly a key feature, will work well for, a, for all three of us to find ways in which thoroughly enjoying our vacation. Our daughter has some disabilities that can make things a little more difficult, but she certainly will thrive in the kids' club environment. She does great at any daycare, school, camp environment she's ever gone to, so we have no concerns about how life is going to go on for us. But as I was looking uh, long-term, you can imagine that pricing, itinerary, and wider range of activities can entice us towards cruising with Royal Caribbean as well. If cruising is as appealing as I believe it'll be, we'd love to try at Royal Caribbean, but we know that there's a range of proven options for our family vacations over the next couple of years as a family. My husband and I have the opportunity to do a three-night selling on Mariner this season, August of this year. I know it's rather touch and go whether this thing will actually happen, but I'm wondering about some advice on how we can evaluate the fit for a future cruise as a family while on board. For example, I know the Kids Club on Disney offers several open houses during a sailing that would allow us to preview the, the environment. Does Royal Caribbean have something similar? I had heard some great advice on working with Royal Caribbean's access and accommodation team in anticipation of when we're going to be all sailing together, but just looking for some ways in which we can use our time on board without our kid to anticipate how we might best plan our next selling with her. Thanks for any advice. And I've been really enjoying your blog and podcast as a distraction and planning tool while unable to travel and vacation this year. Thanks for all you do. Scott, great email. Thanks for the email, buddy. So yes, you can absolutely, while you're on Mariner the Seas, go on the first day to Adventure Ocean in the afternoon, starting about one o'clock, there is an open house that anybody can go into. Um, there's They don't open Adventure Ocean until later that evening. So your only opportunity would be in those first couple hours, you can certainly walk in there. There'll be crew members obviously there to sign people up. But if you're just saying, hey, I just want to check out the space, no problem at all. They might not even ask you what you're doing there. They just It's very easy, open door policy, and you can do that. But you can only do that, Scott, on that first afternoon. After that, they don't allow people to just come on there willy-nilly and kind of look around. It's, you know, they got programming and whatnot going on there. So you can absolutely do that. I'm going to tell you this, Scott. Listen, I'm a former Disney Cruise Line cruiser as well. I've got kids. I'm going to tell you this, Scott. Disney Cruise Line, yeah, of course, it's, it's got a natural fit for kids, but it is insanely overpriced. I mean, I'm not talking like 25%. I'm talking like double, triple the price. And listen, buddy, uh, if, if you're really rich, <laughs> good for you, man. That That's awesome. But if you start comparing prices, you're going to see a major discrepancy. And I'm also going to tell you that the children's program at Royal Caribbean is not second fiddle. It is really good. There is plenty to do on board. They have nurseries on nearly all their ships. Great programming. You are not doing your child a disservice even at a young age to go on a Royal Caribbean ship or a Disney cruise. Now, listen, Panama Canal is fantastic. I'm not going to try to talk you out of that one. I'm just saying in general, don't assume, oh, my kid is less than X years old. Thus, we have to go on Disney. I mean, listen, it's your money. You can do however you want to please, but you're overpaying for a very 
very similar cruise experience. So that's what I'm trying to tell you about that. So when you go on, on Mariner of the Seas, hopefully you'll be able to go on this summer. Obviously go to Adventure Ocean, ask questions of the staff up there on that afternoon, walk around the facilities. It's fantastic. My kids are quote unquote products of the system. Uh, they've been going to Adventure Ocean since they were six months old each. They absolutely love it. Um, they do a great job. I've never, in fact, the crew members on Adventure Ocean, I think are the most hardworking crew members on board the ship. They are largely overlooked. And if you start talking about the hardest working crew members and all this and all these great stories, let me tell you something. The, the Adventure Ocean staff just blows me away every single time how dedicated they are to these kids. It's not babysitting. They're not just sitting there on their phone in a controlled environment. All right, kids, play with the balls while until your dad comes here. Like, I mean, it's engaging. There's a lot of activities. They really try their hardest to make it work out really well. And the nursery, by the way, absolutely fantastic. If you have kids under the age of three, uh, it's just, it's the best money I ever spent on a cruise ship. So what I'm trying to tell you, Scott, is just don't overlook Royal. That's all. But hopefully you'll have a great time there. And I think your daughter will absolutely love uh, whenever she gets to go on a Royal Caribbean ship as well. Thank you to Scott for the email. Thank you to everybody for the emails. If you want to send me your email and your question or thoughts about Royal Caribbean, send it to Matt, M-A-T-T, at Royal Caribbean blog. Dot com Matt at Royal Caribbean blog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt, and we'll talk again real soon.